0: and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Back by popular demand, my guest today is Maxim from Fit Vegan Coaching, and he's going to show you how you can customize your own workout to strengthen your bones and build muscle, something all of us need to do, especially as we age. Welcome back. I see you got a new do Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And yes, just clean it all off. It was, it was too much work.
0: Yeah. You're going to save a lot of money on shampoo now.
1: Uh, a lot of money on shampoo and haircuts too, because I Absolutely. bought my own buzzer now. I can just do it myself.
0: No, it's It looks really good. And people that have that kind of hairstyle, they all seem to like it. So yeah. And, and I don't know if you live somewhere really hot, but it must be great if it is hot.
1: I just moved to California two, three months ago. So yeah, it's been pretty hot here.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, it looks good. It's, It's very it's like almost a military look, but in a good way, you know.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just a little bit more of a a serious look.
0: (laughs) I like it. I like it. So yeah, you know, uh, building strong bones is really important, especially as people age and women, you know, so many, so many people I know that are vegan, you know, freak out when they get this diagnosis of osteopenia, you know, and Dr. McDougall says, don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's, it's not because he says like that medicine, it's, it, it doesn't, it may make your bones appear stronger, but it doesn't make them less brittle. So people I know are really looking for exercises they can do to have stronger bones, especially women as they age.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and strength training is one of those top things that would make the world of a difference, not only in obviously strengthening the bones, but building lean muscle, increasing your metabolism, allowing you to feel stronger, reducing risk of injury. There's yeah so much benefits um, to strength training and strengthening the bones is a, is a huge one.
0: Yeah, but it seems like people are resistant to the resistance training. I know I am, I can get yeah. on the bike, I can do aerobics all day. And I can do yoga all day, but oh god, give me like I even have them here, but it's like oh, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't I wish I knew what the psychological block was with stuff that's so important? Because I guess you know, if you're not learning it at a young age, you you know, you're just it's like a new skill. You know, it's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's 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 how do workouts are structured. It's boring for some people to just sit there. And curl for 10 times and press for, you know, 10, 15 times. So yeah, if you start at a younger age, it does make it a little bit easier, but there's ways to kind of make it interesting. So hopefully I'll, I'll be able to cover some of that.
0: That's great. Yeah. Boring does sound like the word I might use for because it. <laughs> it's repetitive. And you know, when you think about it, our ancestors didn't have to actually do that. I mean, they were active all day long, but they didn't yeah. actually have to go to a gym and lift and curl
1: and press, you know, so they were lifting rocks to build houses, cutting trees. Exactly. Tree I mean, they were build- doing it,
0: but they were doing it for a purpose, you know? So uh, they weren't, yeah. So, so I'd anything you can teach our audience will be grateful for.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Very excited to get into it. Okay. Beautiful. So, what I'll do is I'll start off by sharing my screen. Um, I want to go over the fundamentals and the basics. And then at the end, I'm going to demonstrate how to perform the exercises. So, I have a free workout for the listeners that they'll be able to do at home. And I'm going to demonstrate every single exercise give the tips and tricks on how to do it properly. Sounds good. Perfect. Let me share my screen here. Awesome. Can you see my screen? Perfect. Building a fit vegan. Body, uh, health, and life. So. For the people that are a little bit newer to me, I always put a little slide in there so people have an understanding of like who I am and why they should listen to me. Um, I built one of the world's top whole food plant-based body recomposition program. I'm a peak performance breakthrough coach, transform over 650 people from 20 different countries, all whole food plant-based. I've done Ironman, triathlon, bodybuilding, powerlifting, done absolutely everything. Um, And also been a caregiver for five years to my ex-partner who had uh, cancer. And so really passionate about the whole food plant-based movement because of what it does to reduce the risk of chronic illnesses, right? But I always like to be upfront with people. I'm 30 years old. It's very easy for me to get in shape. I'm sure when you were 30, it was very easy for you as well. And for a lot of listeners listening too. So what I always tell people is, let's look at the amazing transformations from some of the people that, that we've helped. I've just selected a few here, just so that you can see that regardless of the age, here's what happens when you eat whole food plant-based and you include strength training into your regimen. Right, I've talked about this on the last live together, but um, you have my mom here. She's 58 now. Lost 54 pounds, Thor 71, 30 pounds, Patrick 53, first six pack of his life, and 61, lost 50 pounds. And that's with including strength training. A lot of them weren't doing strength training before. And as soon as they started that, their body composition started to shift, right? So just going to say, regardless of the age or the background or wherever you come from, the transformation is possible when you include some strength training. And today I'm going to show you how to do that safely and effectively. All right. Um, Let's jump into... I always like to share my mission with everyone because I think it's really important. So because I lost my ex-partner to to breast cancer, my grandfather to cancer, I'm on a mission to help 10,000 people get lean, thrive, and disease-proof their body on plants by 2033 and a million by 2050. And that's why I'm really grateful to be back on the Chef AJ show because that allows me to fulfill that mission even further. So what is a body recomposition? Right. So a body recomposition is simply when we are shifting two variables in your body. There's the fat variable and there's the muscle variable. So, when you're exercising and exercising and eating a certain way, the outcome that most people want is to decrease the fat and increase the muscle tissue on the body. That is a shift in body composition. Now, if we go in the opposite direction, where we increase the fat and decrease the muscle, then we start to look a little bit more fluffy, less toned. We don't see it look the way that we want to. So, just understanding that that's the basics of what a good body recomposition is losing fat, building muscle. Fat loss versus weight loss, right? So a lot of people that will want to do strength training, yes, it's to strengthen the bone. Yes, it's to build lean muscle, but a lot of the time it's to help shift the body composition. So fat loss is where you're actually losing fat. Weight loss is with the number on the scale. So you could go, you know, be eating very healthy, exercising a lot, but not strength training. You're doing yoga, hiking, a lot of cardio exercise, and you're going to see the number drop on the scale. That would be more weight loss because there's not a stimulus to be able to build lean muscle. And so the weight that you're dropping could also be lean muscle mass. So when we think at body recomposition, we'd be decreasing fat and muscle. So then you just become a lighter version of yourself. right? So I just want to make the distinction between these two. So what is needed to build lean muscle? Strength training is the best thing in the world that you can do to strengthen um, to build some lean muscle, but also to strengthen your bones. So there's uh, two concepts when you look at strengthening the bone. There's osteoblast and there's osteoclast. So when you do bone-bearing activity, so if you have your dumbbells, Jeff AJ, that you had on your desk, and you're exercising, you're putting stressor on your bone. And in your body's natural response to that, your body wants to adjust to be able to handle this new pressure that is on the bone. And so there's a process called osteoblast if you've ever seen construction workers pour cement on the sidewalk, that's what it is. Basically, your body will create an extra layer of cement on top of it. And then it's going to go through the process of osteoclast, which is basically smoothing it out to make it a smooth bone, ultimately. So by having this additional pressure, you're dumping more bone cement on top of it and then smoothing it out. And that's how you strengthen your bones over time. right. It's a gradual process. You don't want to go and try to lift 500 pounds to really have strong bones. <laughs> you would build your way up to be able to strengthen them. All right. So let's go into this one, survival and adaptation. So those are the two core principles that if you understand these, it'll be very easy for you to exercise and build your own workout plans. So your bodies are wired for survival. Our bodies are wired for survival, right? They don't really care that you're trying to build muscle. They don't really care that you're trying to lose fat. They don't really care that you're trying to uh, strengthen your bones. All your body wants is to live as long as possible, right? And so if it sees you eating you know, healthy food, but in, bigger, in a bigger calorie deficit, if it sees you severely over-exercise, your body will see the trend. If I have all this energy output, this very little energy input, and I continue down the road, i might die 10 years early. I'm gonna run out of energy. And so what your body does is it slows down your metabolism to be able to adjust, to perform unless less, ultimately. The other reason is, Your body won't become fitter, build stronger muscles, build stronger bones. If you don't give it a reason to, your body likes to relax, right? It just likes to, it likes to chill. If it doesn't have to do anything, it won't. right? And so you have to give it a reason to want to build lean muscle by applying an additional stressor and strength training is the best way for that. Now, when you're exercising again, your body will find a path of least resistance. So Chef AJ, I'm sure you've done a squat before. You do your squat. If you're tired, or it's a little bit heavy and you come back up, your knees kind of buckle in and they do this weird thing to try to get you back up. Right, Your body is looking for the path of least resistance. It doesn't really care that you're trying to exercise your legs. All it sees is as there's a tree trunk on my back. I need to get it off of me to survive. Right, And so how I like to teach uh, people to, to work out, especially if you're going to be new to it, is take your time with the exercising. Meaning if I ask you to do a squat and take five seconds down, five seconds up. It's and you focus on your form, it's so slow that you can't overcompensate with your knees, your quad, or your lower back to try to get you back up. Right? You're actually going to be working out the proper muscle, it's going to require you to have a lighter weight because you don't need a lot of weight to further work out to be hard. and It's a safer, more effective way to exercise, ultimately. Right? So, why is adaptation an important process to recognize when wanting to improve your body composition? Because, like I said uh, earlier. The body won't change if you don't give it a reason to change. Right? The reason you see people that are fit around you is they're constantly putting themselves in an environment where there's just a slightly bigger stressor that the body's like, I need to adjust to this. And a perfect example of that is if I was to grab everyone listening on the live right now, listening to all of this, if I were to grab you and grab you when you were 20 years old and put you in your current situation. I'm sure the 20-year-old you would be very stressed to be in your situation because they wouldn't know how to handle all the stressors in your life, right? So over time, we adapt. The same thing for your body. Over time, it adapts, right? Now, uh, the importance of warming up, right? So you all hear like it's important to kind of go on the treadmill or kind of move your body before you start exercising. So here's my little analogy. Your body is like an elastic band. So if you were to grab an elastic band and freeze it, and then pull it out and trying to stretch it, you'd probably break the band, right? That is the equivalent of you just walking into a a gym or walking into your living room and starting to exercise right away, right? Your body needs to be warmed up. It needs to be elastic. If you warm up before, you're going to reduce your risk of injury drastically, right? So always making sure you're warming up. It's good for injury prevention as well right? Because again, if those muscles are tight, if you've been sitting at your desk job all day, or you haven't moved too much, and then you expect your body to go up and start doing squats and jumping jacks and movements like that, your hip flexor is going to be really tight from sitting down all day. And you're asking them to go from this to this, and then just be able to perform. It's going to be really challenging, regardless of your age. If I sit all day and I just go straight into a workout, I'm probably gonna injure myself as well. Right? So great for injury prevention, optimal movement, uh, muscle movement, so again, if you're going from a sitting position all day long, and then you go to do a, a squat at the gym, your hip flexors, your hip, your lower back, everything is tight. So maybe you won't be able to go down to a full 90 degrees. Maybe you'll only be able to go down to, you know, 45 degrees, right? So you won't be able to go through the full range of motion that is required for you to get the maximal amount of benefit from the exercise, right? So again, yeah, this is just about the importance of, of warming up. So I will make sure uh, we'll put this slide in the chat as well. So make sure you have those. So dynamic warm up is a little YouTube video uh, that I made to show what a dynamic warm up is. But basically, you've all seen it: arm swings, leg swings, kind of moving your bodies. There's there's movement to the warm up. It's not static stretching. We're just bending down and touching your toes, right? Static stretching is more for after a workout. Because again, if you just start to static stretching when you, before you start your exercise, it's like pulling a cold elastic band, <laughs> more likely to pull something. So you wanna warm it up, warm it up gently before you go into it. Animal flows is another great way to do warm ups, uh, And there's some, let's say some debate for some people. I have members that are 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old doing animal flows, right? everything can progress with time and so it's basically there's a, a orangutan there's a spider there's a the inchworm there's a there's a bunch of different ones but what it does is it's great for opening up your hips and your and your posture right so a little video again you don't have to do that one i would start off with dynamic warm-up if you're newer if you're a little bit more advanced you can try with the animal flows and then traditional warm-up would be like you know going on a treadmill for five, 10 minutes before the gym stair master bicycle or something like that You basically just want to get your body warm and a little sweat going so that your body is is prime for the exercise, but also warm enough that that elastic band can stretch without any issues, right? So the benefits of strength training and heart training, right? So cardio, I call it heart training because people have a negative association to cardio. So it's heart training. If you don't train your heart and you have a great body, you're still going to die young, right? You need to have a strong heart and have a great body and you live a really long time. So there's an increase in bone density and bone health when you're strength training. There's an increase in lean muscle mass, which obviously declines as we get older. So it becomes even more important to put an emphasis on it. There's an increase in strength and endurance as you're building lean muscle. So how that can translate on a day-to-day basis is, you know, you're bringing your grocery bags from the, from the, from the car to inside the house. You can bring a few more bags with you, right? You can try to go back to doing the, the one trip with all your bags. You have a bit more endurance, so you get less tired throughout the day. So you have more energy throughout the day because it's less demanding on your muscles because your muscles are used to it. There's an increase in metabolism when you have more lean muscle mass on your body because muscle requires a lot of energy in order to be able to maintain it. So what that means is you get to consume more food, the more muscle mass you have, right? I'll show an extreme example. If you look at bodybuilders that are like 280 pounds and 300 pounds, you look at how much food they're consuming. It's enormous how much food they're consuming but that's because of how much muscle mass they have. So we don't want to get you to look like Arnold, but if we can increase the amount of lean muscle mass, we'll be able to consume a little bit more food. There's an enhanced joint stability because as you strengthen those muscle in in forearm, elbow, shoulder, and your quad, and your legs, your knee is going to be more solid. Your elbow is going to be more solid. Your shoulder is going to be more solid. It's going to be more protected. So the joint is less likely to be injured if you make a false movement in your day-to-day life. Right? Enhancing hormone stabilization. So... When you do include some form of strength training, and I'll put a little caveat to that, I'll just say resistance training. The exercises I'm going to show you in in, in a few minutes are with resistance band, are with body weight, right? Your body knows gravity, whether it's a resistance band, a dumbbell, a kettlebell, a water jug, your body just knows gravity. So that's what I mean by strength training, resistance training, any form of gravity, uh, any form of movement that you have that's against gravity, that's resistance training, right? So it does help you to stabilize your hormone as you strength train. So let's go to the next one here. All right? So it helps with the production of testosterone in a body, which is healthy for, for male and female to, to have uh, in the body. It stimulates the release of growth hormones as well, which is awesome for nails, hair, all that fun stuff. It improves insulin sensitivity. Um, I was just doing a uh, podcast with uh, Cyrus for Mastering Diabetes. Had an amazing conversation about that. It helps to regulate cortisol levels. It helps to maintain healthy estrogen levels in women as well. It helps to balance everything out. This is this magical thing that is not very appealing for a lot of people to do, but it has this huge list of of benefits. So hopefully, I can make it uh, entertaining and fun for you today. In terms of cardio, you know, aka hard training, it helps to improve your heart health. Helps to increase your lung capacity. So less outer breath when you're climbing the stairs or you're doing your run or whatever movement you're doing. Again, it gives you more energy throughout the day. The more lung capacity you have, the more cardiovascular capacity you have. Obviously, it helps with longevity as well. It helps with weight management um, and it enhances the circulation of oxygen in the body. Right, So your body just functions better. If you've seen the documentary, I think it was in Game Changers. Uh, they had a few scenes where they talked about consuming meat and consuming plant-based products and how the vegans had better blood flow, right? It was a scene about erections. I'll just say it out there. <laughs> it was about better blood flow.
0: It's the one so, scene everyone rec- remembers, huh?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So but basically this whole conversation was about blood flow, right? And so there's better blood flow in the body, therefore better oxygen um, circulation in the body as well. right? Yeah. That, that part was everywhere on the internet (laughs) when it came out. Yeah. So now the importance of cooling down. So I just, we just covered before a workout. I'm going to cover after, before I show you the middle part, because it's a little bit more lengthy and I have to get off my chair to show the exercises. So a cool down is something you do after you're done your exercise and whether it's a strength training or a cardiovascular activity, this is really important, right? So what that could look like is just, if you went for a run or a bite, if you went for a run, just doing a little light walk for maybe 10 to 15 minutes after. If you cycled pretty hard, just cycle for like five, 10 minutes really slowly after. If you strength train, you can move into the, the recovery area and do a little bit of static stretching, right? So just getting your body to remove that lactic acid buildup that's gonna be in, in the body. So obviously it's gonna help with muscle recovery. And it's gonna help to reduce something called DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. So typically uh, you'll be a little bit sore after a workout, the day after a workout, but the day where it really hits you is the second day after your workout. That's when it's that's when it's painful, depending on how hard you push for the workout. So a great way to reduce that. And again, that's just your body's way of compensating and recovering for the exercise that you did. I promise you, you will get less sore as you progress along. And if you're too sore, potentially the workout's a little bit too much for you. So you guys can get started with the workout I'll give you shortly. So to reduce DOMS, stretching, right? Cooling down, walking, cycling a little bit so to allow your body to kind of go back to its normal state. Obviously, it helps to increase flexibility if we're going to be stretching after a workout, which is really important because let's just say uh, a squat, for example, you spend a lot of time sitting down throughout the day, which a lot of us do at this point, and your hips are really tight, so you won't be able to go fully down on your squat. But if you start adding some weight and you're not able to go through a full range of motion, you're more likely to get injured. So having a full range of motion is really important. Now translates to everyday life, right? We've all had moments where you're at the kitchen and like something's going to fall off the counter and you just do this thing to like trying to catch it and you pull your back. You're like, oh, because your back was so tight. So by being able to uh, stretch and focus on a range of motion, these things don't happen anymore, right? Your body is malleable. You can move in different directions without being injured. It improves, improves blood circulation, mental relaxation. And so what does cooling down look like? I don't even have that slide for it. So basically cooling down is um, you can be on a treadmill, walking, cycling a little bit slower, doing some static stretching. So that's literally bending down, touching your toes. That's putting your arm against the wall to stretch your chest, doing all these movement patterns that are not necessarily dynamic as the body's already warmed up, right? So you're gonna be able to bring the, the muscle through a greater range of motion, right? So here is different training structures and repetition ranges. I'm just gonna share that in case you wanna build your own workout plan so you have a good understanding of how to do it. But I'm gonna give you a workout at the end that you can do. So when we're talking about workout splits, it's basically saying what workouts are you going to do on the different days of the week, right? So there's a lot of variations that you can do. Here are some of the top ones. You can do upper body, lower body twice a week, right? Personal recommendation is to do at least three strength training sessions a week. Because anything below that is not enough of a stressor on the body to require it to build muscle, strengthen the bones, and get all the benefits that we talked about. Right. For most people, if you're not training to perform at a certain sport, if you don't make an income out of competing and winning races, you don't really need to train more in terms of strength training than three to four times a week. So, upper body, lower body could be Monday, upper body, uh, Tuesday, lower body, Wednesday off, Thursday, upper body, Friday, lower body, as an example. Right. So, upper body is all exercise. That would be push, press, pull, lower body would be your squats, your deadlift, things like that. Another one is some people like to do upper body, lower body, full body split. All right. So they just work on the upper body on Monday, lower body on Wednesday, and then full body on Friday, right? That was more of a personal preference if you want to tackle each muscle twice. Another popular one is push-pull legs. So on Monday, for example, you would do all movements that are push, right? So like a push-up, an overhead press, things like that, a tricep push down. On Wednesday, you would do pull, so anything that is a pull, so like a lat pull-down, a chin-up, or a bent-over row, or bicep curls, or things like that. And then on Friday, you would do a leg workout, so anything that is lower-body oriented, right? And another popular one um, that I recommend for most people that are just getting started is just doing the full body three times a week, right? It could be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It could be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You can mix and match however you want. The ideal is you don't have two back-to-back. Because you're going to be working out the full body, and it's a lot of stress on the body if you're doing it back to back. So that's a great way to get started because you're just giving enough stimulation to the muscle, right? Every t- every few days to require it to grow, but you're not spending so much time on one type of muscle that you're going to be exhausted, right? If you just do like a pure leg workout, you're going to be sore two days after. But in there, you're maybe going to have one exercise for your legs, right? So it's just kind of a great way to get started and not be too sore. Now, repetition ranges. Right, see a lot of people lifting really heavy weight, doing two, three repetitions, and a lot of people doing really light weights, doing a lot of high repetitions. So when we're looking to focus on strength and power, we're looking at the three to six repetition range. Right, When we're looking at muscular hypertrophy, so the size of the muscle, think of bodybuilders, you're looking at that six to 12 rep range. And when you're looking at muscular endurance... Think of Ironman, triathletes, runners, cyclists, things like that, that leaner, more athletic physique, you're looking at the 12 to 20 repetition range. On a personal level, I like to start everyone off with 12 to 20 repetitions. Um, if you haven't been working out consistently or you've never really worked out ever before, your body is not that mind muscle connection is not there, you're not really coordinated with the exercise. So what's the point of me putting 100 pounds on your back and asking you to do five repetitions, your body's not going to know what to do, you're gonna be squatting like this, and you're more likely to get injured, right. And it's really hard on your central nervous system to go heavy with the weights. So that's going to cause you extreme fatigue, if your body's not ready to handle that stress. So 12 to 12 to 20 repetition, great place to start, lower amount of weight you can take your time with the exercise I mentioned like taking 4 seconds 5 seconds up 4 or 5 seconds down taking your time with the exercise you're going to get a lot of stimulation from that it won't be as much stress on your central nervous system that going really heavy will be it'll give you time for that mind muscle connection to build for you to have that coordination and then once you're ready i would say maybe do like 2 months in that range and then once you're ready i'd maybe move into like the 6 to 12 right I'm usually stay within the 12, 10 to 12. And I would just kind of like move along that way. I'll be honest with you. The majority of the population does not need to work out in a three to six rep range, right? That is, if you're trying to compete, build power, strength for a specific event, the majority of us, are just looking to be healthy, strengthen our bone and build something muscle. right? So if someone comes to you, and like, you need to do five repetitions. You don't need to do five repetitions. <laughs> you need a pretty heavy weight to do that. You're more likely to get injured if we do that. So uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to switch over to my living room uh, so that I can demonstrate these exercises and give you a little bit of cues and kind of how to do them. So I will uh, just kind of turn off my camera and, and uh, my microphone, and I'll just transition and come back on the screen shortly.
0: Great. Thank you. Do All right. you guys do any weights, any resistance training? So let me know in the chat what you do. And tell me if you have a resistance to resistance like I do. I have the weights. I have the bands. I know I'm supposed to do it. I don't know why it's so hard. I eat right. I exercise. I sleep right. I try to think right. But man, that's the last piece of the puzzle and probably the most important as I'm aging. So hopefully I'll learn something today that will stick with me. I'm going to ask him when he comes back about water because I'm doing physical therapy in the water and it feels so good. And I'm And they, they actually put weights on me, like five pound weights. On my ankles, and when I'm doing the exercises, so I'm wondering if that counts for resistance. Let's hope so.
1: And- All right, perfect. So I was hearing your conversation about uh, water. So it's a great way to um, and have less of the gravity, less of the weight on you. So when you have when you have uh, injuries or are just looking to build muscle and kind of start your fitness, it's a great it's a great place to start for that. Um, so definitely uh, I used to do when I injured my ankles, I would go running in, in the pool uh, and it really helped me rehab my ankle. So what I'm going to do, you guys, you can see my, my beautiful living room. Um, I'm very tall. So I'm just going to talk from back there, but for the sake of being on camera right now, I just, I'll just stay here. So I'm going to bring you through uh, a full body workout. So it's going to be a three day split. So like we talked about earlier, again, you definitely can, can do the, these workouts for yourself after I won't share my screen, but I will tell you what the exercises are and show you how to perform them. And then the PDF will be available for you to download that way you can follow through um, by yourself. So for full body one, you want to start off again. We talked about a warm up so doing a 10 minute warm up. So whether it's the dynamic movement, the arm swings, the leg swings or things like that, or the animal flows, uh, I would do about 10 minutes of that. Pick someone of something of your choice, treadmill, bike, animal flows, dynamic warm up. You just want to get the body warm and uh, sweaty a little bit ultimately. So the first exercise is I always like to start off with the bigger muscles when we're doing a full body workout because it requires more energy. It's a little bit more tiring to do at the end. So the first exercise is a body weight squat. You guys have all seen a body weight squat before. Um, so I'm going to try to angle the video. So there you go. All right. So a body weight squat. Um, uh, AJ, can you hear me properly? Even yeah, if I'm I, can, this I can
0: hear you perfectly.
1: Okay, perfect. Awesome. So um, a big part is, again, I just have shoes so you guys don't have to deal with my feet on on camera, (laughs) but you can do it flat. You can do it with like no shoes when when you're at your house. A big part that you're going to be focusing on is sitting your butt down, right? So we've all seen what a squat looks like. You're going to go down like this, right? You want to stop at 90 degrees. There's no need to go lower like this because it's a lot of stressors on the hips and on the knees. So what I'm saying is some of you might come down and be stuck here. That's because your hips are really tight and we can work on that with you. So ultimately, if your hips are really tight for now, the the main thing that I would recommend is just stop at a range of motion that you have and then work your way up. And then the next one, just trying to go slightly lower than the previous one and work your way up. As your hips and your legs warm up, you'll be able to gain greater range of uh, range of motion. Ultimately, if your hips are tight uh, working on mobility, but also if they're cold, your range of motion will be affected. So basically a body squat, body weight squat, it's very straightforward, up, and then then down tonight. So when you're coming up, you wanna squeeze your butt cheeks at the top. And when you're down here, what you want to, what a lot of people do is they're gonna lean forward and press off their toes. You wanna push off your heel when you're back here, because when you push off your heel, and if you just stand in this position and you transition the weight to your toes, you're gonna feel in your quad. If you transition to your heel, you're gonna feel in your butt, which is the thing that we're trying to do. So when you're down here, all you want to do is squeeze your butt cheeks. And then you get back up. That's how you get proper muscle engagement on the squat. Now, if you're a little bit more advanced, you can use dumbbells on each side of your hands. You can use a resistance band and go down and then come up and squeeze. All right? Resistance band a little bit harder for squat. You can cross them like this to get a little bit more resistance. Or you can just simply have them on each side of your body like this. They don't work for me because I'm six foot four and the band doesn't stretch that much. <laughs> so you can add some resistance in whichever way form you want. The second one is going to be push-ups. For the exercise again, those are just two rounds, two sets of ten to fifteen repetition. We just want to get the body started, get that mind muscle connection going, and get your body to to be coordinated with the movement. So we've all done a push-up before. If you can't do a full push-up, I'll show you a few different variations. So the first one. A lot of people wonder where to put their hand when you're doing a push-up. The main thing I tell people is just lay flat on your stomach, put your hands on the ground as if you were going to lift yourself up. That's your position. That's where your hands should go, right? Because we want exercise to translate to everyday life. If you're going to push a door when you're leaving somewhere, you're not going to push like this, right? You're not going to push like this. You're going to push like this. So, same thing for your push-up. Those are muscles that we want to strength uh, strength train and make stronger. So, put chains on each side, feet. You're going to press up and touch your chest to the ground and up. If that's too hard, same thing, right? You still have the position. Simply put your knees on the ground and do the push-up. If you want to, in another alternative, same thing. Go on something that's inclined. You can grab two kitchen chairs. You can grab your kitchen counter, whatever it may be. Just kind of put your stomach approximately where you would want to push off of and then you can have your feet like this and push if this is a little bit too hard have your knees on the ground and push right so the more you decrease the angle of the exercise the easier it becomes we've had members start off with just having their hands on the wall and starting to push off with a slight little incline and starting to push off that way so again just do the one that you're able to perform two sets of 10 to 15 repetitions Let's go to the other one, Um, resistance band roll. So this is gonna be a back exercise. So, So far we worked out the legs and we worked out the chest. Now we're gonna move to the back, which is another big muscle. So you can have your feet on each side like this, right? And you get to create the tension that you want in the band for yourself. A big part, I see people being like this with their round back and trying to exercise like that. What you want is you want to have a straight line from your head to the top of your shoulder, to your lower back, right? So if you were to put a stick right now from here to here to here, all three points would be touching. So what that requires is my butt to be sticking out versus in where my back would be like this, right? So straight line, and then I'm just trying to create enough. I got long arms, I'm trying to create enough resistance. There you go, like this, right? And you're simply going to pull. Your hands are acting as hooks. All you're doing, they're just holding on to the band. All you're doing is you're pulling your elbows towards your back. By pulling your elbows towards your back, you're going to engage your back properly. Versus if you're just trying to grip it and pull on it, you're gonna be using a lot more forearms and bicep, which is not the point of this exercise, there's other exercises for that. So hand is a hook, pull with your elbow, squeeze the back, right? If you have dumbbells, same thing. If you have a barbell, a kettlebell, whatever machines you have at home. The fourth exercise is overhead band shoulder press. That one's gonna be challenging because the band doesn't stretch that tall for me, but basically we'll do it on our knees. Imagine you're standing up. So basically it's a shoulder press with the band, right? So if you have dumbbells, kettlebells, barbell or resistance band, it's the same thing. So you can do it on your knees like this if you want to. What you're going to do is you're gonna allow your hands to go down slightly below 90 degrees. Now. The important part to notice, and you guys can see this from the side, from the front, is my elbows are forward, right? They're not here. Because if I was to have my arms here and trying to go down, that's a lot of tension on your shoulder joint. So hands gonna be slightly forward and you're going to press up. So elbows come in and then elbows kind of open out and flare out. The best way to kind of illustrate the, the alternative of that in real life is if you had a box in your hand and you were trying to push it somewhere to put it on a shelf somewhere, how would you do it? You wouldn't grab it like this and try to push it like this, right? You grab it in front of you with your elbows like this and then you'd push it up to be able to put it, right? So it's the exact same motion. Think about how these movements translate to everyday life. So if you're on your knees, hands and elbows a little bit forward and then press all the way to the top and then down. Again, you do 10 to 15 repetitions of this one. Now, the Bird dog is a core exercise. So, so far, we did our legs, we did our chest, we did our back, we did our shoulder, which is the big muscles on the body. Your core has been training throughout all these exercises, right? When you're doing a squat, a bent over row, when you're bent down like this, your core is naturally going to be engaged. So, you're still working it. But there's an exercise called the bird dog, which I will demonstrate here. It's a little bit confusing at first. So, you have both your legs up. You have both your arms up. What you want to do is opposite arm to opposite leg is going to go down. So my left leg is gonna go down but my right arm is going to go down and we're going to bring it up. And then the opposite happens. Right leg, left arm. And you're simply gonna move around and do all your repetitions like this. So this is one repetition. So one on each side is one repetition. We wanna do 10 to 15 of this one as well. So take your time with it because again, we're looking to build up my muscle connection, that coordination in your body. That's why I put this exercise in there so that you can build that coordination because you'll see as you start doing it, your, both your arms will go down and the right arm and the right leg will go down. So you have to take your time to make sure that you build that, that coordination, that connection. Then we will move into cool down and stretching, right? So when we talk about static stretching, that can simply look like this. Bend down touching your toes, right? It can look like some hip flexor stretches. So I'll make sure to include some of them for you uh, in the PDF so you have a link for it. So basically I would complete full body one, right? Now, uh, any, any questions, Jeff, on your side before I go to full body two? Well, first of all, your living room is
0: beautiful. And second Thank of you. all, that thing with the ottoman is such a great idea because I'm looking right here. I have an ottoman. I never thought to use it to do a push up.
1: Oh, beautiful. Yeah, you can work out with anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, or the countertop even, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, countertop, kitchen chairs are, are a great tool as well. Yeah.
0: yeah, so people don't necessarily have to go to a gym.
1: They don't. We, we've got you know, people who's like 50, 60 pounds with just dance at home, right? At the end of the day, nutrition is the big part. So I always tell people, fitness is the thing that will shape and mold your body. Nutrition is the thing that will reveal your body. So there's a lot of people that are really fit, but the nutrition hasn't been there to decrease the body fat enough to show the body. So no, we're doing here is it's shaping the body, strengthening the bones, doing all that fun stuff.
0: How many hours a day really does a person have to commit to getting functional fitness and staying in shape per day? Yeah. Per day.
1: Uh, Zero to 45 minutes. Right. So
0: I'm already doing zero. When it's <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay. Good. So, you know, <laughs> If you, if you strength train three to four times a week, again, a workout like this would probably take you less than 30 minutes to do. So if you're doing that three times a week, then there's some days that you don't have exercise to do on those days. You can choose to go for a walk, for a hike, go for a bike ride, work on your heart health. And so if you do 30 minutes a day, let's just say five days a week. So three strength training and two of cardiovascular exercise, like that's a great position to be in. That's going to increase the quality of your life and the longevity of your life.
0: Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for people to get started? There are people that have literally never exercised their entire life in any form.
1: Yes, um, because there's a steep there's a steep learning curve and adaptation curve from when you start exercising. it's First of all, is we're not too sure how to do it properly. We probably learned a lot of horror stories of like, I've seen people get injured when they start to work out. And I'm new to this and I'm not sure if I'm doing it properly. So having guidance is really important in that scenario. Um, I think it's a little bit of fear of injury is the number one thing. Second is is people are a little bit scared of what other people are going to think of them when they start exercising. That's another big one. And the third one is the soreness that comes with it. Some people are like, I don't want to be sore, right? My body is going to hurt. But again, at the end of the day, your body will get accustomed to it. And then you won't, you're going to be sore. I'll put it, I'll be upfront. I've been sore for the past 18 years, but you get used to dealing with it right? It becomes manageable. And it's just like, Oh, that means I had a good workout, you just feel a little bit more tone and tight and strong from from the workout session. So a big part is that it's boring for a lot of people, because they're just sitting there doing 12 to 15 repetitions of a press. So if you're exercising at home, put Netflix on put a documentary on in the background, watch it as you do your exercise. Because the big part is, if you have nothing, and you start exercising, it'll be very boring, especially if you haven't done it at this point, like it's going to be really boring. So if you can watch Netflix, a documentary, listen to a podcast, listen to your show, whatever, like just listen to something to keep them entertained. They start to exercise after a month, they're going to be like, I feel stronger. I have muscle. I didn't even know I had muscle here. Then you start to become addicted to the process of like, I like to feel strong. I like to feel good. And then regardless of what's in the background, then you'll start to do the exercise. It becomes a part of who you are. It just people don't get through this initial learning curve. But once they get past it, they're like, huh. It's not, I feel tight. I feel muscle. I feel strong. And Anyone loves it and wants get to get more of it. Ultimately, after,
0: yeah, it's the same thing. When they start to eat right, get healthy, lose weight, they start to feel better. They start to look better, and they want to generally want to continue it. And I agree. Watching something or listening to Chef AJ live or your favorite show—that's the only way I'm able to do spin or anything because I mean, I can I can walk in nature without having any distraction. But if it's anything you know repetitive like spinning, I gotta have something going on to keep me you know interested
1: oh yeah for sure when i strength train i listen to music because i need that constant change um but yeah if i'm doing a bike workout or something like that i'm gonna watch a little bit longer term video to help and entertain me throughout that time yeah.
0: yeah it does help or working out with somebody else sometimes right
1: yes that does help a lot you just want to make sure that it's uh someone that will be as motivated as you are because if you don't want to work out your friends like well i don't want to work out either. so let's just not go today <laughs> And then it gets pushed a few months. So find someone that's like really ready to make a change. That'll make the world of a difference. Accountability is really important. Right. Beautiful. So I'll go into workout two, uh, full body two. Um, so there's only two more workouts. So I'm just going nice. to explain the exercises. Again, the reason why I'm sharing all of these things is for you to understand the fundamentals of some of these exercises, because you can hear doing a squat, but you don't know that you need to put the pressure on your heel versus your toes, for example. So that's why I want to share these little tips to you guys. The full body two, we're going to start off with a body weight split squat, all right? So you've probably heard of lunges, very similar. So what, uh, what you want to do, a lot of people don't know where to put their legs, right? They're trying to lunge like this. It feels uncomfortable. The hips are tight. Take a knee. Take a knee put your foot where it's comfortable, put your back foot where it's comfortable, that is your position to do your exercise, all right? And very simple, your body knows how to move for your own biomechanic. So there's no need to try to have it like this or trying to have it really be tight. Take a knee and I'm gonna add some resistance to it here. Take a knee and it's gonna tell you the right form, all right? So you can put the band under here, have your knee on the ground, you can bring the band if you wanna add some resistance up here and then press up and down and up so when you're up here again squeeze you want to squeeze your butt cheek anytime you're doing a leg exercise and it involves pressing up like this or down if you're on a machine squeeze the butt cheek so arm down and up right and then same thing with the other leg you're going to put your foot on there take a knee you have your right position and then you're going to press up so whether you have dumbbells which you can hold at the bottom kettlebells barbells whatever it may be the bands are only up here to create resistance because you got to stretch them Now, the second one is band reverse banded reverse grip row. So uh, in the previous workout, we did rows with our hands like this, and we were pulling, right? So now what we're going to do, if you have bands uh, at home or or dumbbells or barbells, whatever it may be, instead of having your hands on the upper hand like this, we're going to turn the hand in supination position. So We're going to grab, that's my favorite way to do it with the bands, just have the bands between your your legs here, because if there's some resistance on there, same thing, head, upper back, lower back, everything is straight as a pull, all right? You come down here with your hands facing the outside, your hands are just hooks, you're going to pull from your elbows and squeeze your back, and down, squeeze the back, and down, all right? So by changing the angle of your hands when you're pulling, you're changing the degree and the angle at which you're exercising your back. So you're targeting a different area of your back ultimately. So yeah, two sets of 10 to 15 reps for that one. Resistance band, chest press. This one, uh, it's a little bit harder because I'm on my, by myself right now and I don't have a door frame within uh, this 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 video here. But if you have a pole around your house, if you have, um, you, can buy, you can buy a little attachment that you're gonna slide on your door frame where you can press basically. But just imagine that the band is attached behind me on something and you're going to press, right? And do a, it's like a push-up basically, but you're standing and you're going to press with the resistance of the band, but the band is attached to a door frame to a pole or to something like that to create that additional resistance. That's going to be exercising your chest. Uh, Again, same thing. How you're going to be pressing is if you were to push a door, where would you put your hands? Right. You wouldn't go here. You wouldn't go here. You'd probably just be, Shoulders, back, be pressing like that. An important tip when you're uh, doing a press chest form of exercise, in order to protect your shoulder blades, what you want to do and your shoulders is you want to have your shoulders go down and back. And that's from here that you press. Because if you don't do the down and back and you just press, your shoulder is going to be unstable. So your shoulder joint is a ball and socket. Right, so it can move and rotate like that. So when you bring it down and lock it in, it's solid, it won't move. And so it's being protected when you're pressing and doing your exercises. So shoulders down and back. Again, it's not a big mo it's not a big motion because some people will press and we'll do this. We'll trying to do something like this, down and back, and then keep them there. And then just press. All right. Lateral band raise. Perfect. All right. Lateral band raise. So again. You can do this with dumbbells, uh, kettlebells. You can't do that with a barbell. It would be pretty impressive if if you could do that. So you just want to have one foot on. You can have both feet if you prefer to. And what you're going to do is you're simply going to raise them laterally. So beside your body. So one thing that's important to notice from the side is when I'm pulling up, I'm going beside my body. I'm not moving forward like this. I'm pulling beside my body. So there's a straight line here. Now, the band might be a little bit challenging. So if you want, you can grab a water jug. I had some members grab a reusable grocery bag and just put some cans of soups of beans and lentils in there just to create some weight that wasn't as hard as the bands would be because as you get higher, there's obviously more resistance um, on them. So so that is for pulling to the side. Now, the big part is when you're gonna be pulling to the side, you don't want your hand to be like this. You see the, the angle of my fist? You want your hand to be like this. So by having your pinky go up, you're going to be engaging more of your side delts, so the side of your shoulder, right? Because if you're doing like this, you're going to be engaging more of the front. So the front, to a certain extent, does get exercised when you're doing some form of pressing motion, like overhead for your shoulder or for your press. So it is already getting some engagement, so we don't need more of it. That's why you see a lot of people walking around, bodybuilders walking around like this, right? Not big enough to walk, like this, to walk around like this. So by having your pinky up, you're properly engaging the part of the shoulder that we're trying to exercise, all right? So um, last one for, for the core exercises, we're just gonna do a plank for this one, all right? So a plank, actually, let me explain to you all how to strengthen your core properly. So a lot of people, if I were to ask you to strengthen your core, a lot of people would just squeeze their stomach like this, right? They were just trying to like hunch down and squeeze their stomach. That's engaging your core, uh, sorry, your abs. What we want is to work on your core strength. So the way it was explained to me a long time ago is you have a can of soup and a label around it. The label around it is the six pack. Is the thing that everyone sees that they want. That's revealed through nutrition. Now, to have a solid can, a solid core, which is the foundation, there's a few things you need to do. First one, and you can do this with me on the live, drive your belly button in, pretend like you have to pee and hold it in. So basically like a Kegel, right? So drive your belly button in and then kegel. You can feel that little difference in your lower stomach being engaged. Now, some of you probably stopped breathing right now. (laughs) So we need to learn to be able to breathe as we engage our core. So belly button in, kegel, and then I'm able to have a conversation with you and talk as this is engaged. Now, when we're gonna do this as a plank, um, you can do it as a full plank with your arms straight. If you have bad wrists, you can just go on your forms. You're gonna get a lot of amazing results from that as well. You can go on your forms like this, and then you're going to squeeze your butt cheeks to make sure that your body stays in a straight line. We don't want any of this. We don't want any of this. So you're here. Now you wanna drive your belly button in Kegel and then stay there, right? You're gonna hold that for about 30 seconds. You can notice a difference if you're doing a plank and you don't do what I told you to do to drive your belly button in Kegel, you might notice that you may have some tension in your lower back. So when you're exercising, the tension has to go somewhere, right? So if it doesn't go in your core, it's going to go in your lower back. Now, you can't contract your lower back in a way to protect your core, right? Your core is a really strong muscle. So we need to strengthen it properly so that when we do a bent over row, a squat, any other form of exercise, we're protecting our lower back. That's how you protect your lower back. That's how you strengthen your core, right? And for that matter, driving your belly button in and doing Kegel and being able to breathe through it and do your repetitions is something you should do across the board for all of your exercises, right? Because then it'll just become second nature for you and you're gonna be able to build up that resistance in your core. So that is, and then obviously we're gonna move into a cool down, Um, I'm already warmed up now, but then we're gonna move into the cool down for for full body too. And that's gonna wrap up the second day of working out, right? And again, that's below 30 minutes to do. Uh, And then the amount of pauses, of rest in between your sets, about 60 seconds. 60 seconds is, would be a good enough of a break to get started and kind of like be able to um, recharge enough to be able to do the next set. All right. Perfect. Any questions before I move out to Your workout three?
0: Your plank is impressive.
1: Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. I've been doing my, my Kegels. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it just seems when you do it, it just seems effortless.
1: Uh, oh, thank you. Well, a, a lot of years went, went into that and it's going to happen for you too. And for everyone listening. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, let's move it to full body three, right? It's basically going to be your last workout of the week. Typically, people do it on a Friday or a Saturday. Again, we're going to start off with our warm up, right? Very important to warm up. Warm up the elastic band before we go into our exercise. Then we're going to start off with some band chest fly. Again, I don't have a door frame to explain this one, but basically, let's just imagine that I have the band in my hands, that the resistance band is tied to a door frame or something like that. You're going to have your hands open wide and you're going to come in and squeeze you've probably seen a lot of people do that you see a lot of people do that on medicine balls right on the stability ball where they have weights and they're kind of contracting like that you can do with dumbbells as well uh, you can do with machines as well so here's the big part the reason why i put this exercise in there's a little bit of education on how to work out a muscle properly so most people will do a fly like this right probably we're going to see in a lot of videos so When we're looking to exercise a muscle properly, two things need to happen, stretch and a contraction. If we look at the chest, is this giving a a stretch to the chest muscle, right? To your pectoral muscle. Some people would say, yes, like, I feel it here. Like, I feel that there's a stretch. That is your shoulder being stretched out, right? So if you look at these striations of the muscle fibers in the chest, they're heading upwards, right? It's the only one in the body that's a little bit tricky. You don't have to worry like the muscle fibers for bicep are pretty straightforward. For a tricep, they're pretty straightforward. The chest is a little bit of a weird one. So it's just it's angled up like this. So if you want to be able to properly uh, stretch the chest, you would not do this. You would go slightly up like that, right? Because you would get that stretch when you want when you want to stretch your chest. After a workout and you go in the door frame, you don't put your arm like this, you put your arm like this, right? Slightly higher than 90 degrees. So you can go with those muscle fiber and get that full stretch. So when you're doing a chest fly, you want to bring your elbows slightly higher than the parallel here, right? Slightly higher than the parallel here. You don't need a lot of weight. Keep this light. You're doing it with bands, with dumbbells, whatever maybe with machines, keep it light. Get that stretch on the chest. And then when you're coming in, squeeze together. You're gonna notice a difference. I want you to just, you know, trying to go like this and trying to go like this. When I do this, I feel the tension in my front shoulder. When I do this, I feel it in my chest, which is the muscle that we're actually trying to exercise. So it's my little piece of advice for the band chest fly. Again, i want to do two sets of 10 to 15 repetitions. Now the band reverse fly. This can always be done with cables, dumbbells as well if you prefer to, cans of soup, jugs of water, whatever it may be. So we're gonna adopt the same position when we were doing our bent over row earlier. So we want to basically lean our butt down, head, shoulder, lower back align. So again, if you were to grab your broomstick or something, it would be a straight line. Once you're here, what you want to do, and I'm just going to do it with really close for my legs here and not have too much resistance. You want to cross your bands, right? Because if you have long arms like me, it's really loose at the bottom. And what you're going to do is the same, almost as a lateral raise that we did earlier. But now we're doing angled down, so we're gonna be targeting the back area of our shoulder called our, our rear delt, all right? It's so gonna be like this, and then up and pull. Up and pull, That's a lot of resistance, up and pull. Right? So when you're doing it, same thing, you don't want your hand like this, you don't want your hand like this, pinky up. So by doing the pinky up, you're actually engaging the back area of your shoulder, which is the area that we're trying to exercise. The important part on this exercise, Head, top of your back, lower back, straight. Your core, belly button in, Kegel. If you do these two things, you're protecting your lower back. You're going to have great form. You're actually going to be targeting the muscles that you want to work on. Now, I want to be upfront that it might be overwhelming, all the things that you have to think of (laughs) as you're doing an exercise. Just like anything else, it takes practice. The more you do it, the easier it's going to become, the more it becomes second nature, right? We've all went to a job that we started and we didn't know how anything functioned. Within a few months, we knew where these files were, we knew where to find this thing, we knew how who to contact for whichever problem we had. You learn these things over time. So it's like starting a new job, right? There's things to learn, but once you know them, you know them, they become second nature to you, right? Now, the third exercise is gonna be mini band glute bridge. So this one, if you don't have a band, you don't need to have a band, but basically the little loop band that you put on your legs, And we're going to do the glute bridge. We're going to move this to the side, right? Trying to angle myself in the center of the camera. There you go. So you're going to have your feet firmly planted on the ground, wherever they're comfortable, right? So you don't have to have them out. don't have to come in too tight, just wherever they're comfortable. You're going to keep your back and your head on the ground. And then what you're going to do is you're simply going to move your hips up, right? You're going to move your hips up and you're going to squeeze your butt cheeks now. Notice that the, my, my toes are off the ground. You wanna keep the weight on your heels. When you're putting the weight on your heels, you have engage more of your butt and your hamstring, which is the muscle that we're exercising in this scenario. Then go up, you're gonna squeeze pull a little bit, and then down, and then up, squeeze, same thing. So if you have a band, you would wanna push your legs on the outside to create additional resistance, but I don't have a band here. So if you don't have a band, it's fine. You can just go up and squeeze. If you want to add resistance, it's a little bit more challenging with a resistance band. So I recommend putting something on your hips, a water jug, a dumbbell, a barbell, whatever maybe you but add some additional weights here and squeeze. It's going to add some more resistance to your exercise, right? That one's pretty straightforward is we're looking to work on your, your glutes, your butt cheeks, basically. So a lot of people have underactive glutes because we're sitting down all day right? So our glute muscles are just relaxed all the time. So our glutes aren't firing properly. So how that translates when we're walking, when we're walking, people are walking with, they're slightly leaning forward. People have bad posture, right? Slightly leaning forward like this. So you're walking like that, but you're not engaging your butt properly. So if I were to ask you to stand tall and contract your butt cheeks and walk, you already notice a difference in your posture and how tall you walk. So by doing this, by not engaging your, 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 your hamstring, your butt cheeks, and you're walking, more tension on your lower back. Shoulders are slouch. You gonna have some shoulder pain over the years. So if you were able to, again, have those contracted when you're walking, because when you're pressing, you should be pushing off, right? But we don't think of that. So if you're walking and you're actually doing it properly, your posture is going to be better. It you reduce your risk of back injury, shoulder injury, and all the pain that comes from that. That's why it's important to exercise them when we're when we're working out so we can make them stronger so they can do their job when you're walking and moving throughout the day. And only two more exercises. So seated band shoulder press. So this one's pretty straightforward. You can do it on your kitchen chair. You can do it on your couch, whatever it may be. You're just going to have your feet on the band here to have some resistance. And then same here, you're going to press up, right? Just like the other exercise that I showed earlier, but this one you're sitting down. So when you're doing a standing shoulder press, your core is the middle ground, right? Because you're standing. So this is the middle area that needs to be stabilized, or else you're going to do something like this as you trying to push. So when you're standing, it's an opportunity for you to work your core. That's why I put it in there, right? No secret. When you're doing seated, you don't have to, you, your core still needs to be engaged, but it's less tension on it. So you can actually push a little bit more with your shoulders. Again, very important. If you have a box in front of you, how would you hold it? How would you put it up, right? You wouldn't go down like this and trying to push it up. You have your hands slightly, like your elbows a slightly tucked in, and you push right up. So same thing when you're doing your seating shoulder press. And then uh, the last one will be the Superman. So there's different ways to do the Superman. So there's one as the plank. So when we did the first exercise where we had the opposite arm and the opposite leg lift, this will be the same thing, right? So you can have the opposite leg and the opposite arm, lift up and touch the ground, lift up and touch the ground. If that's too hard, you can do it on your stomach, right? The opposite like this. So when you're coming up, you wanna feel the squeeze, butt cheek, upper back, Right. You can work your way up from the ground to being up and then doing it. Then obviously you'll be able to increase your core strength. So I recommend starting on the ground and doing the plank one is, is a little bit too hard right now. But again, as you start on the ground, you'll be able to strengthen your core over time. Then you'll be able to move to a full plank. Then we move into um, your cool down. Again, static stretching, treadmill, light cycling, walking, whatever it may be. So those are the three full body exercises. And we're going to make you guys, you're going to have access to, to, to work out. You have any questions, uh, uh, AJ.
0: Yeah. And also, you know, maybe you can monitor the chat to help me because people will be asking stuff that I won't be able to answer for sure. I know that you have a whole team of coaches, but do people ever get to work with you if they want?
1: Yes. Yeah. So I have, I have limited spots because I am just like you, very busy schedule. (laughs) So I do have, I do have spots available to work with me directly for sure. That is cool.
0: So I'm guessing you work with people on Zoom, but if they lived in L.A., could they work with you in person?
1: Uh, I don't really work with people in person just because I'm very expensive in person, so I can provide more value online, ultimately. Um, And I don't know if you saw my announcement. Do you familiar with Dr. Lori Marbus?
0: Of course. She's on the show regularly.
1: Oh, awesome. She's a part of the team now. So we're doing blood work for our members when they come into the program so we can identify deficiencies, Tailored the nutrition to those deficiencies and we do blood work at the end so she's a part of the fit vegan team now
0: oh my god she didn't tell me that she was just on like a couple of weeks ago and that's yeah. so cool
1: we made the announcement on tuesday this week
0: okay well she didn't say yeah, the week before well wonderful
1: yeah yeah so um yeah workout nutrition everything is taken care of i did have one more slide in a presentation Sure. Um, and I, I don't need to share my screen, I can just sh- share it from here, basically, but it's about post-workout nutrition and how to feel yourself properly post-exercise, because you're going to be putting so much effort into doing this activity. And again, there's adaptation curve at the beginning, so it might be a little bit more challenging. You maybe don't want to really to, to be doing it so much, and so I just want to make sure that we're optimizing the results that you to be getting from that effort. So a lot of people ask me if they can exercise fasted or they need to eat a meal before they work yeah. out, right? You definitely can exercise fasted. The only thing is you want to have some form of, uh, you know, protein and carbohydrates really soon after a workout. I'm talking within like 10 to 20 minutes after a workout. Here's the reason why. The last year, when your body, when you're exercising, you're tearing muscle fiber and your body needs amino acids to be able to rebuild that muscle, right? The amino acids is found in protein for the most part. So if you think of training fasted, your last meal you had was a night before. So that food got digested and it's a little bit long gone. And so your body will need some help to start the recovery process if you're exercising fasted. Now, if you had breakfast before, for example, and you're working out in the morning and then you worked out, you can wait two hours if you want to before you eat, because your breakfast is the thing that's fueling the recovery of your training session. So that's a little caveat that I wanted to put for people is you can train fasted if you want to, just make sure you're have like an oatmeal or overnight oats or a smoothie or something after you're done your training session.
0: Right, because a lot of people do intermittent fasting and they don't eat until lunch sometimes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's about timing your exercising with when you're about ready to eat food. But as a general rule, you want to have some food pretty close after workout if you are fasted, just to help you optimize your recovery in the training session you had, which can give you better results and you feel better and then you want to do more of it. And it's kind of like that momentum that's being built.
0: What do you eat after a workout?
1: Um, I well, I I work out in the evening, so I'm gonna have a meal for for my my lunch. I'll wait like two hours or so, then I'll work out, and then I'll come home and just have dinner. So it usually would be like a Buddha bowl, a stir fry, or we made some like um, vegan pizza yesterday with like an almond crust. Uh, so yeah, just whatever we feel like having for dinner.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, thank you. This was really informative, and I, I love I, you know, the video that you linked to. I'm definitely going to watch that. We could have actually played it in this, but that's okay. It sounds like a very good video.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll make sure that the the, the folder is there so people have access to, to the exercises and and the videos on how to do the exercises.
0: Yeah, and if do you have a social media presence, and if so, where do you like people to connect with you? Your website, maybe Instagram. What's your favorite platform?
1: Yeah. So just uh, fitdegan.ca. If you go on there, I made it simple at the top. you can find my podcast, my Instagram, my YouTube, all the darn platforms that exist nowadays. If you do a fit vegan Nazi, everything's at the top there
0: right. well, thank you so much. This was really informative and it's really helpful to see you do these exercises.
1: yeah, it was a little a little morning workout for me.
0: That's good. you get it then you should do zooms all the time then you can work out with you know with purpose
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly
0: much easier. Thank you so much, Maxim.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. And if you haven't seen his other appearances, please uh, watch them. I'll link to them below in the show notes. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for another fabulous show. Take care, everyone.